Welcome to Payne on Politics, a podcast where host Dr. Gregory Payne of Emerson College sits down with fellow experts to discuss the current state of politics, public opinion, and global affairs. In a world growing increasingly complex, communication and critical thinking is key. This only makes the Emerson motto, expression necessary to evolution, more true. Hello, this is Gregory Payne, Chair of Communication Studies at Emerson College, the first school of communication in the United States. And I'm here in San Diego, where we have just completed the Rediscover Rosarito Public Diplomacy Program, and excited to have a former student and a change agent who continues to embody what Emerson's all about, and that is telling stories. Mark Brody. Mark, you were in charge of the film festival this year, and after COVID, it happened. Indeed, despite a lot of challenges, we pulled off probably the best Rediscover Rosarito film festival that we've ever done. It was an amazing experience. Now, what I find interesting, as I said, in an era of COVID, uh, we actually had an experience which, Mark, you get into storytelling and the various acts. There was a crisis at the beginning. We got here, you were situated in the hotel, and then the first day of the festival, you called me with the news that... That despite waiting for two years for my favorite Emerson-related activity to take place, despite all all the work we did to make sure things would go off seamlessly, I came down with a wee bit of an illness and tested positive the very Monday that all the training for the festival would take place. Now, to put this in context, the crew is at the hotel. We're in Rosarito, Mexico. We are good to go, except for the person who's supposed to instruct those to create film and put together the festival came down with COVID. Well, that was that was interesting. And in, in teaching crisis, uh, all of a sudden, Mark Brody has COVID. And some people have said, well, what are we going to do? But I think the perseverance of Brody, who came over on the Mayflower, at least the family did, is I checked with the Emerson Intelligentsia back in Boston, and they said, well, let's try to persevere. The good news is, uh, fortuitously, we had Shepard Vargo with us. And uh, Mark, can you explain how you were able to continue, even though you were quarantined, as we wanted you to be? You were able to continue through Shepard to impart what the students needed. Yeah, so first, a major shout out to Shep, who really saved the day. Uh, The fact that he's, you know, a staff member Emerson was wonderful. The fact that he actually had media training as an undergrad really came to, you know, those skill sets really helped us out. But, you know, what's interesting is because we had been through years of Zoom classrooms and things like that, you know, there I am stuck in stuck in quarantine. But through Zoom, we were able to actually do some of the instruction that was needed. So we set a Zoom call up. I'm in one room in the hotel room in quarantine and literally 100, 100 yards away is the rest of the class. I was able to go through the various instructions they needed to hear and then having Shep on hand to see that things were executed totally worked out. Well, I think it's always interesting to have a championship wrestler who's wrestling with exactly how we're going to factually get through these uh, daily. One thing that I was impressed by was even though we, of course, were operating two years after COVID had hit, we had not had any experience. We also lacked the usual number of people from Rosarito. Uh, We were able to piece it together. And could you explain exactly what went on in terms of the making of these films? Sure. So in the past, what we've done is worked with local universities to find young filmmakers and give them an opportunity 
to create something. So we would bring them down to the Rosarito Beach Hotel that have usually six days to live at the hotel, would give them meal vouchers. And that give that gives them the resources needed to really concentrate on producing a film in a short amount of time. This year, that resource of those rooms wasn't available. And because those resources weren't available, we didn't have the normal Mexican film crews. But what we do have, having run this film festival for 13 years, is an incredible list of local alumni who are filmmakers. So the combination of taking our Emerson students who are mostly not VMAs, but they are change agents and storytellers, combining that with some of the alumni in the area who still are filmmakers, we're able to create fresh content from the students' perspectives and then mix it with content created by these alumni. At the end of the day, we had three new pieces that our Emerson students created, along with three pieces that were had been recently produced by these uh, by our alumni, our Mexican alumni. And it totally worked out. I think from the students' perspective, it was wonderful in that they have a crash course in digital storytelling, three-act structure, along with digital grammar, how to take an iPhone and use this as a cinema camera to tell a story. Because we have these relationships with local people, they're able to, to go out into the community to meet people and create fresh content that's relevant to the public diplomacy mission that is at the heart of what we're doing. I think, Mark, that was uh, very well stated. From my perspective in teaching crisis, it was a good example of, well, do we just fold the tents and go home? As you said, we did have the people that we needed. What was intriguing and I think challenging to me is when we began this program, my sister Janice, uh, also Ron Raposo, who's had some global PR experience and Hugo Torres, uh, back in 2007, 2000. Ugo said we have more people working at the hotel than staying. And yet this year, because of the success of working with the people locally and others, uh, the hotel was so full, especially with Baja Beach Fest, that we actually, as you said, could not bring in the locals. So we probably will be making some changes in terms of when we have this. But from your perspective as the producer and someone who's experienced it in what we would call normal times as well as times today, I know you've suggested adding a couple of other elements in terms of those could you talk a little bit about that in terms of future sure. plans? Well, absolutely. Well, one of the things that's unique about Baja, California, there's an awful lot. There's a huge creative community down there. But when it comes to filmmaking for the non-professionals, the non-Hollywood types, if you will, there's not a lot of organization. All right. So that's not that's unfortunate. In Boston, I'm a filmmaker. I belong to a bunch of associations and organizations. So when I have a question, I can literally just call somebody and say, hey, can you can you read my script? I, I, don't, I can't figure out the shot sequence. Can you give me a little bit of help? And I get that readily. That's not available where we are in Tijuana and Rosarito. So my thought was, well, we have this amazing group of alumni down here. Um, we have a public diplomacy mission. Why don't we combine the two? So what we did is just reached out to our alumni and said, hey, what if we were to create a mutual assistance organization? We'll help organize it, but this is for you all. We're, you know, we're not going to come down from Boston and manage it. That's not our role, but we can set this up and you can do with it what you will. So using the, the concept of a rising, rising tide lifts all boats. We bring it together. We create, we help them generate some form of governance and we give it to them. Every, literally everybody I reached out to was like, this is a good idea. At the end of the festival, we got together, I think like 15 to 20 alumni and they were all on board. So we're at the early stages of this, but it's got real, it's got real potential. And the idea, it sort of, it just caught on. Um, we've got a bunch of folks who are actively working in productions right now. And, you know, they're meeting people they haven't seen since the last festival. And it's like, oh, that's right. You're, you know, you can do sound mixing for me. Oh yeah. You've got some, some grip gear we can use. You know, it's, it's rare that independent filmmakers have all the equipment they need, especially down in Rosarito and Tijuana. But together, they probably have a complete kit. And we're talking 
everything from the audio gear to the lighting gear to camera gear, all that stuff. So by coming together, they can actually, they'll have more access to resource. They can help support each other in a mutual manner and off you go. So it falls in line with public diplomacy and that we're creating something that serves a public good. Um, we're, we're getting it going and then we're getting out of the way because we are not from Baja and it's not our role, but these are our people. They're part of our, our community, part of our tribe. So why not do something for them? And at the same time, it helps make our organization as an Emerson community a lot stronger. So coming down in the future, I'm looking forward to working with our alumni, expanding their role with the film festival and looking for ways where we can provide opportunities, experiential learning opportunities opportunities for our Emerson students to get uh, more engaged, more involved with a local Baja filmmaking community. Thank you on that. I think when I think back of the history of the signature piece of the Rediscover Rosarito uh, project, that is the film festival, we had people like Mikey McManus, who was the founding producer. We then had Marcus Delgado, who we, of course, had with his beautiful uh, daughter and his wife. Uh, I think the daughter's going to be, you know, auditioning soon, Mark. And then we have you. And what I found intriguing this year was, in addition to David Silva, uh, of course, who's building bridges through art diplomacy. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, Rosie Torres with the Boys and Girls Club. But we had a, a very successful film uh, dealing with music diplomacy. And I thought that was a nice lead in because this is the first weekend of the Baja Beach Fest. Could you tell us a little bit about that particular film and uh, what the messaging which brought out a totally new constituency in terms of the film festival? Absolutely. And what's great about that piece is Roman, Corte- Roman uh, Cortez, who's one of our alumni, a local filmmaker, worked with with our Emerson students, pulled them together, had access to uh, a member of the hip hop community who's you know a rising star. And he essentially drove that project, put everybody together, and they created literally an award-winning piece. For our students, it was amazing because they're, you know, they're off into Rosarito working with a trusted member of our alumni, but they're meeting new people and they're being exposed to new environments. And at the same time, these are not VMA students who have had years of experience behind a camera. Uh, it's a mixed mixed group of skill sets from communication studies. They understand some knew how to use recording, you know, recording equipment, smartphones, audio equipment, lighting, but it's sort of a really rudimentary level. Despite that, they were able to go out and really create a wonderful piece that explores the background of this hip hop artist, his challenges, <clears throat> how he overcame those challenges and what he's doing now. So in terms of a three-act structure, they nailed it. But in terms of community engagement, they really had a wonderful experience going out and, you know, meeting new people, being in an environment where they don't speak the language and having to navigate that, um, working with, you know, working with a subject matter that some might have been loosely familiar with, the hip hop world, but not having personal experience in. So, you know, the takeaways that they will bring with them from that are amazing. From a digital storytelling perspective, as, as a professor of this, that's wonderful because they're learning something and actually doing it and at a high level. But from a civic engagement perspective, they're meeting people from a community they wouldn't normally meet or perhaps they wouldn't normally meet up at Emerson. Terrific. I think one thing that uh, makes me very proud is the fact that when we're talking about building bridges, whether it be with this group or other groups, including a very talented singer from Guadalupe Valley who came and actually just riveted, I think, everybody with just incredible songs and her uh, ability, her range, is how we, through the festival, 
festival showcase the native art, which is just, I think, so, so exciting with regard to Rosarito. Now, one of the projects, and we probably will be doing a couple of podcasts on this because of the people that were involved, is our usual return to the Boys and Girls Club, which is the first Boys and Girls Club in Mexico founded by Rosie Torres. And again, one of the talented uh, offspring of Hugo Torres, former mayor and uh, also a, a founder of Rediscover Rosarito. Uh, this year, of course, we had the Hugo Torres uh, soccer tournament. Uh, from your perspective as an Emerson alum, what is it like when you go to that particular edifice, which is up on a hill, uh, surrounded by all these engaging young Rosarito kids? Sure. Sure. Well, first let's 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 create the mental establishing shot, if you will. You're on the the south side, or excuse me, the east side of Rosarito, far away from the water. It's dusty. It's dirty. There's a lot of concrete buildings. Some are rather dilapidated, and it, it looks like a tough neighborhood. You pass by some factories, and it's got that industrial feel to it. You go down this bumpy dirt road, and off in the distance is what looked like it had once been an aircraft hangar that had been painted over. You get closer, you see a dirt soccer field and a chain link fence. It doesn't look like much, but when you arrive, you see that they've expanded their operations from just that hangar to a new edifice, if you will, that's brightly colored. Pull in, you walk inside, and immediately you're met by 50 amazing little kids. And little kids, I'm talking from, what, seven years old to 13, 14-year-old, something like that. At first, everyone's sort of looking at each other like, well, what are we doing here? Uh, there's a language barrier for many. But before you know it, we're off either involved with sports diplomacy, music or art diplomacy. We're engaging with people. And it, despite the language barriers, people are people and the interaction works. So after spending a number of hours there, I can tell you when we went to left, when we went to leave, there was an awful lot of hugs. And it was it was a wonderful experience. It was an emotional experience in that we're bringing these two groups that prior to this experience had never met each other, and they were they found a way to bond. It was it's really cool, and it's one of the really cool elements about the program as a whole is bringing our students out there, having them just engage with the kids. The kids like it. Our students like it. Um, at first, you you know, a critic might say, "Well, you're just going there to kick a ball around." Well, yeah, we're kicking a ball around, but there's more to it than that. It's the engagement. It's the fact that you know. People who aren't from here are coming down and showing some appreciation and giving us some attention from the kids' perspective. And on the other side, it's like, wow, we're not just, you know, tourists, we're travelers, we're world citizens, we're getting involved with what's happening in the community. And it's it's a wonderful experience. And I think it, it really I think it really touched our students in that they did something unique. Tourists don't do this stuff, but by going down there and like literally kicking the ball around, um, you know, doing whatever it is, playing jump rope, throwing a football, in my case, literally throwing a football with a couple of guys. It was awesome. It, it broke the ice and it gave us something in common. Language wasn't part of that commonality, but the activity was. So in terms of civic engagement, to use the metaphor, we really hit the ball out of the park. Well, I think as as you've summarized, the, the project this year was one that was fraught with some challenges. Uh, I think in some respects, when you're saying kicking the ball, it's almost like thinking of Sisyphus. You get the ball up and then suddenly it falls back a bit. I think this year we advanced the ball uh, quite a bit, <clears throat> thanks to you. And also thanks to a group of students who I think are going to go home with a changed life. <clears throat> it sounds like I'm getting choked up about it, which maybe is the case. But uh, I would like to say, Mark, thank you so much. I know that you've got many projects ahead that are connected with Rosarito, including, of course, a film narrative workshop at the Emerson L.A. Center. As someone who graduated a number of years ago, 
Welcome back. I think you probably wish you hadn't taken that call, but it's a call that's been a very long one, I think three or four or five years now. Yeah, coming up on five years now. And thanks to you, we now really have a strong emphasis on the essence of what Emerson's about, and that is digital storytelling. Thank you, Mark Brody. Thanks for having me.